Return to Northmore, episode 13, running time, 65 minutes. Hi, this is Kim. And this is Tim. Welcome to the Return to Northmore podcast. This week, actual play of Entering the Temple of Art, Part 1. Our adventurers go down into the dungeon to see what they can find. Wick helpfully gives us a review of what has went on thus far. No talking so, class. There was some statue touching by most of you. Should I say all of you? Except for one individual. What? talking about? The statue touching, the groping. There are actually pylons in that statue. Along with the Cerning, who was of the noble blood, there were two other tasks. One was to acquire the key to the temple, and the other was to get into the temple, which itself was guarded by the Kumat. I remember that. Yes. There was an excursion into acquiring the keys, of which several keys were filled with blood and eventually taken, and then the journey to the Kumat proved that the Kumat was, say, not having a good day. And Poison. Therefore, it was easier for us to dispatch. Time out. So let's roll back. There were several Pause. things that were not mentioned there. Well, I didn't know how detailed you wanted me to go. That's fine. I'm not blaming you. I'm just okay. trying. I'm, I'm, I think he's blaming you. <laughs> what do you want to say? Now, now we're getting to the crux. So what? The Kumata the problem. Kumata the problem. Backing up a bit, you went to the Bogman's hut. Mm-hmm. Yes. There was a scourge battle on this part the- of while at the Bogman's hut, mm-hmm. you met some ghosts. Yes. And there was discussion that Seth was uncomfortable. Yes. Yep. But he was merely uncomfortable, but he did not freak out. He did not want to ruin the story. <laughs> if ghosts are going to be critical, I'm going to have to change my tag. Or not. The ghosts had showed up, and you had a conversation with them to some degree. And what they said is that we believe that all of you are of noble Belawakman blood. Mm-hmm. And that in order to prove this, uh, we would like you to take the test. And the test consists of going out and there's these bone pylons out behind the Bogman's hut. And we need each of you to touch them. And if you touch them and it lights up, then it you proves that you're of the, the bell up and butt. Yes, and some glowed more than others. Right. Now are you on track here? Yeah. Oh, you may return to the... Oh, it doesn't go too much further. After dispatching the Kumat, we enter the temple, of which there were a handful of rooms with a handful of riddles on which we passed them all, ultimately getting into a room with statues where apparently Seth pulls a book out of the wall and gets us past it into the temple. Yes. And we had to forego some of the keys into a basket. One of the keys. One of the keys. So, also key here is that at the beginning, on the raft, the Hole in the Water Inn, you had an extended discussion with the proprietor thereof. Mm-hmm. Renard. Renard. About his former companions and how they had ventured to a temple to a far distance from here and had encountered some strange situations and it all ended up with these big bars in their various limbs and such. I believe you said they were rods. Rods. Stabs. Rods. Rods. They were definitely not orbs. Not orbs, not wands. They were rods. Rods. I made a lot of fun of it. Right. Ha ha ha. In that last clip, we heard Jeff talking about his character and his feeling towards undead and specifically ghosts. A character 
being changed to match the story rather than the player playing the character as he wrote it. What's your opinion on that? Well, in this case, I don't think that Jeff made it really clear that Seth had a problem with ghosts and undead to the point where he wouldn't even talk to them. When we were discussing his background, that's something that he had just kind of decided in his head. And I think that's why he had no problem sort of adjusting it as we went on, since it wasn't really something that had become a defining part of his character yet. I guess that is a really good point. And for some people, they write very detailed backgrounds. And so that's already discussed. Whereas with more nebulous backgrounds, it's a little easier to change things on the fly. Now, I don't think that that's always a good idea because it can change your character in ways that you don't want, as well as make it so that you're just fitting in with the story and not really role-playing your character. Right. I agree. That said, we had this discussion the other night with the group, which is that we really don't like it when people bring a character to the table that's completely finished. If the story of that character is done, they're never going to change and they're never going to grow in any way, then there's really no point in playing the game from that perspective. And that's what I really like about this group is they're willing to take an initial sketch of a character and sort of adapt it based on the events of their lives. I guess what I would like to see in that instance is the player role-playing that change in position or thought process for the character rather than making an on-the-fly, out-of-character decision. Well, I agree with that. Why don't you all let us know what you think? So another thing that was apparent in that clip is that some of the events they were recounting were different than the way, of course, we laid them out in our scenario. I think we covered already the fact that there were some differences there, but it is kind of funny to hear when we've talked about it one way and then it gets recounted another. Well, and especially when it is shown that it is a problem within the scenario, and this recap really highlights that. Yes, when your players mock your plot on the recap, that's usually a chance to uh, make some adjustments. In the next clip, the group has gathered themselves in the vestibule just beyond the door that the carotid columns were guarding, and they are preparing to enter the calming passage. You would enter a long hallway. The stonework is amazing in terms of its just care and attention to detail. Everything is perfectly assembled. The joints are incredibly tight. There's no mortar between anything. The bricks are all exactly the same size, and yet none of them look boring or blasé or just like an endless row of bricks. Each of them just sort of kind of beckons you further into the complex. So you head down the hallway, and as you go, you realize you haven't had the need for a light source, as the walls just seem to continue to glow slightly as you continue down the hallway. And you look behind you, and you notice that it's dark behind you. So it's glowing right around us, not necessarily throughout the hall. That's correct. It's glowing. The walls, the floor, the ceiling all around you are a pleasant glow, but it tapers off, so it's not like it glows like six bricks around you in a Michael Jackson kind of way. But rather, it's like just kind of a faded glow. Yeah. That's fun. So there's just kind of a faded glow in the hallway. Yeah, like Bill Gates' house. Exactly. So as you continue down the hallway, it's just pleasant, and you feel yourself relaxing more and more. No, I'm not relaxing. There's Ahu Wagon up here. I know this thing. Right. And mentally, you're getting prepared, and you're gearing up, and everything else, but you just... I've got a really good feeling about this. Yeah, it all is just... Yeah. It's great. We can take them. invisible. We can take them. Is it hot in here, or is it just me? In the last clip, we talked about the lighting scheme throughout the Temple of Art, and you will notice that the characters have it described to them much differently than what we ended up displaying as part of the scenario. Most of this was based on the Billie Jean, by the way, that does date us quite a bit, comment that Jeff made. 
and we decided that emergency-style lighting throughout the temple would be more appropriate. Yeah, and it's a little less sort of sci-fi-y than to have something that's following you around everywhere. And a little less creepy, too. Well, okay, so if you want more creepy, have the light follow you around. Ew. The characters have now entered the Grand Foyer. You reach the end of this long hallway, and it opens up into a largish chamber with two staircases curling up to the right and to the left. On the walls all around in this room are paintings, frescoes, mosaics, all sorts of art. It is the the, the temple of of art. Yep. In the center of the room is a huge spiral made completely of some bluish crystal, and it looks like it was carved out of one gigantic two-story high by about six feet across piece of crystal onto this amazing spiral shape. Each piece of the spiral is faceted, and the glow just kind of infuses it and sends out both the warmth from within and individual sparkles from without. It is one of the most beautiful things you have ever seen. It also looks like people should be walking around in here. It looks like it's only been maybe, what, a couple, what, four or five days since someone was in here cleaning. Not 500 years. Polishing the crystal. Yes. Odd. You're standing in this chamber looking about. You do notice there are muddy footprints leading up the left-hand staircase that are also mixed with droplets of blood. You do, halfway up the stairs, see a human foot severed. A severed human foot. Perhaps we will not descend the stairs. Perhaps there's a trap that removes feet. Well, how many humans did they have with them? Just one, to our knowledge. Oshman's going to follow his dwarven-born need to examine the stairway. The stairway is not crystal. The stairway is stone, but there is this spiral statue okay. sort of thing in the center of it. That, that's that's all the, the statue. Okay. Go ahead and make a perception check on that. I'm going to go up and look at the foot. Okay. You head up the stairs, and it, right where the foot is off, you see a leg iron, and it looks like the foot got stuck just under the stair, and something just tore it straight up and ripped it right off it where the leg iron was, and there's just a big old spray of blood all over the stairs. That's not good. 24. It does indeed seem like it was made of one tiny piece of crystal. As you're sitting there, sort of quivering in your boots, imagining how much this would possibly be worth if you could ever get it out of here, you also realize it's so impossibly delicate that moving it would destroy it. Is there a boot on this foot? No. However, there is a tattoo on the ankle. Am I familiar with this tattoo? You are. It looks like the tattoo that a lot of the guys at the outpost get on their ankle. Including these three blokes? Um, That's up to them to decide. But many of the recruits, when they first get there, will get this tattoo uh, just kind of as a service tattoo sort of thing. It's a simple ring and post sort of setup. Okay. Well, we're not sure that Kantos was the only person that they took. We know that they took several, but we don't know if he's the only one that they carried in. You know that they took at least ten, if not more, people. Well, there's seven of them hanging out there. Well, we're hanging out there on the tree. That's right. Does it it look like there is a trap here? I'll make a reception check. Rogan, what do you do? Could I make a thievery check instead? Yeah. Rogan is probably just wandering around the room, taking in the sights, so to speak. Okay. In awe of the prettiness, if you will, and kind of wondering how creatures that uh, they've been following thus far who have not been, shall we say, very cautious and gentile have 
not yet disturbed a place such as this. 16. He does not appear to be trapped. Does the glow only come from the statue, or is it kind of huddling around us individually as we're wandering around this large chamber? It extends to cover each of you, so there's no gaps between, there's no gaps of darkness between wherever you were at. So you're about 15 feet away from where Ashkin is examining the pillar, and the glow continues evenly between all of you, with all the area where everyone is at. However, this room, with the glow suffusing the crystal spiral pillar, is much more well lit than the hall. Can I examine the foot? How long has it been here in my estimation? It probably has been here about a day and a half. So it's funky. Yeah, quite. Are we up to full on surges and bitcoins now? Yes, we are. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm just picking up over this time. Yeah, you just fought the two surges. Yeah, you just fought the Kumada just the same day. And I only had... Now, you can, of course, after a five-minute rest, heal up full hit points, okay. but you are down whatever surges you've already used this day. And whatever daily powers that you had used. Rogan, go ahead and make your perception check. Yes, sir. Continuing on with the lack of perceptibility. All right. You have lint in your belly button. Oh, no, I've just got plenty of other things to look at. So, Rogan... <laughs> How much would the rest of the players know of your situations of of how you were found down to what you were found with and what it looked like? No, it's up to them. Okay. I mean, would you have told anyone or just Contos or would everybody, you have told everybody and it's just up to them whether they remember or? I imagine it's probably fair to say that at some point you had heard either from somebody else in the group or from Rogan himself that he had a scrap of heraldry that he pulled off the tabard of the other gentleman that was with him. Oh, that's it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashkin, go ahead and make a perception check as well. As you're examining some of the paintings, you come across a painting that you're guessing shows the emperor or the king of Belawakwa, the city that you were in and that this temple was originally part of. And he is being carried on a sedan chair across what appears to be a fertile riverscape. Mm-hmm. You would say perhaps this is what this area that's now a bog must have looked like when it was much warmer and a long time ago. In the background, you can see a bunch of beautiful buildings and so forth. One thing that catches your eye is that in the center of all those buildings is a lumpy black mass. It looks like a like a prairie dog mound or something like that, but made of black soil. It doesn't come to a cone-like peak, like a volcano would or a prairie dog mound would. It's just rounded over, an anthill, I guess, more like. And it doesn't seem to match anything else in the city that you've seen. And it does seem to be made of loose black, maybe almost glassy rocks, obsidian or something. But near the guy in the sedan chair are 19 guards. Why 19? You're not sure. Each of them is wearing a very particular livery. It seems kind of familiar, but you're not totally sure where you've seen it before. Wait, Tempest. Yeah, Austin. You guys are looking at the foot. <laughs> yes. Have you seen the crystal here? And the inner pieces? And you're looking at a foot. Can come here. Okay. I, I am somewhat concerned about Kantos and his health. Perhaps he's now footless. Oh, we're working. It's not Kantos's foot. You're sure of that? Very sure. Look here. Well, that looks glassy. And 19 <laughs> guards in different liveries. Is that 19 different tribes or kingdoms? or? Are they all in different liveries? Mm-hmm. Each of them has a different. Well, you know, the ghosts had said that that there were multiple families of Belacqua. And different that races as well. And different races could have sprung from them. 
Yep, you notice a couple of the guards are dwarves, some elves, and a lacquer. Considering that my family is from the other side, it seems unlikely that I was associated with them or my family was, but clearly that is not the case. Your supposition... But the ways of your people have never really been straightforward. Well, no. No, that's quite true. Um, not at all. I tell you, that's actually the spider there with the building civilization over and around. Well, considering this is the Temple of Art, I'd be very curious to see what their Temple of Magic looks like, to tell you the truth. Well, I'll work on the stairways. You see if there's anything more in these veins. Mm-hmm. We might get some really love. Good information here. Black pebbles. Temple of Spirits? Well, do you think that it could be an eruption of some sort? Or maybe the reason that the city fell in the end? These folks made a deal with something that bonded men that could be. There's all sorts of things. Well, let me look around a little bit. Perhaps... I'll check these stars out. I suppose that's one nightmare. I'll look at more of the paintings. Are there any... uh, One of the liveries, you swear you've seen something like it before, but it's just not... Not ringing a bell? In fact, two of the liveries look familiar to you. Any clue as to what symbols are on them? Uh, It's a standard sort of heraldry thing. It's shield device. Both of them have a black stripe from upper right to lower left. And the painting is small enough that you can't quite tell what the rest of it looks like. But one of them is red with a black design. And the other one is a cerulean blue. The cerulean blue one reminds you of something from your childhood. But you just, you're not... Okay. Know. Taking note of the, uh, the the black crystalline mound in the back. Mm-hmm. After staring at it long enough, does it seem like there's any patterns emerging from the way it's set up? Sure, make an arcana check. Rogan, you hear sound of movement far down the hall. Where we'd come? No, on the upper left hall, the stairs curl to the left, and then either the hall further in, the stairs connect to. thought you heard something moving up there. The planet is here in the hallway up above. Two stairways? Mm-hmm. Is there a balcony? They don't meet. They each come up and go down separate halls. So this image, does it look like something I've seen in one of those temples, or does it look like art that I've seen in one of the temples? It looks like the the black mound that you see in the painting. Looks, looks like, like the start. Okay. All right. Is the stairway mostly in the room or recessed into a wall? The stairway is in the room completely in a gone with the wind sort of big curving staircase sort of way. The stairs start in the center top. and curl up around to the top and then go down hallways and then disappear in the wall. I'll examine them and attempt to get a grapple up. Like stairway up the side. Okay, so the, the idea is to get to the top without actually going over the stairs. Okay, we've been on the stairs. Yes, they, they've been up and down the stairs. A couple of times. Then I'll Great. So... In this hole, I'm just checking to see if these paintings are attached to the wall. Are these frescoes that are on the wall, or are they paintings that are hung? There is all of the above. There are oil paintings, watercolor paintings. There are frescoes painted directly on this the This particular painting? Yes. What is It this? is a large fresco painted directly right. on the brick. Then, Murals. upon getting my attention, I will head up the left side as well. Seth, what are you doing? I'm following Rogan.
In this last clip, you heard a fairly long description of a foot on a stairway, and that had been excluded from the final draft of this part of the scenario. Good riddance. I don't know what was on Tim's mind at the time, but things change, and I guess it must be for the better. Sometimes you just have a vision of a grisly foot on the staircase and don't have anywhere to go with it. Okay. You know, I'm glad I don't live in his brain. Anyway, there is also discussion of the crystal sculpture. While I describe it well, what I fail to bring out in this description is how evocative of the Feywild it is. And part of that is because I was still coming up to speed on the new D&D world and how well this would fit in with that. Also, as the campaign evolves, it really becomes this tighter connection between Bellalaqua and the Feywild. So in the write-up, I play that up a lot more than I did in the description you just heard. So I guess this is a really great lesson for GMs all over. What you first write might need to be beta tested by somebody, especially if you're going to have a number of people play through it, because things change and you have better ideas later on. It's like any kind of writing, you got to have a revision. In this next clip, the characters proceed into the Hall of Nature and then observe some of the things that are going on there, are then drawn into the hallway prior to the guardroom, and hit the guardroom at the very end. It is a very long clip, so please be patient. There is a lot of action that goes on throughout it. I think you'll hear a lot of things that people have been asking for. So you guys have reached the top of the stairs, and you see a large hall leading down. This hall is much wider than the hall that you had come to get here, and it is, much like the chamber you came from, lined with various kinds of art. There are tapestries, there are frescoes, there are mosaics all over the floor. There are little plinths with statues on them. It's mind-blowingly beautiful. Any damage done? Halfway down the hall on the left is a picture in a heavy, heavy frame. And it is a picture of one of the most common depictions of the god of civilization. She's wearing these enormous robes, just billowing heavy robes of kind of gravitas. This big gear symbol on her chest, wearing one eye covered with a cloth indicating her blindness to some things but attention to others. The entire painting is incredibly tight in that everything in the painting looks like it was carefully placed in the painting. It's the most well-ordered painting you've ever seen. Except for the fact that scrawled in blood across the top of the painting is chaos shall free us all. How large is this painting? It's about six feet wide by four feet high. So canvas painting? Yeah. Are we head level with the top of it, or is it quite a ways above? Yeah, the ceiling's like twelve feet high, so So it's it's above. Does it look like that's fresh? It's kind of hard to say. It looks like it's about a week old. It doesn't look 500 years old. Exactly, but nothing in here looks looks 500 years old. (laughs) Everything in here looks like it's a week old. Mm -hmm. How tall would one have to be to paint that? Exactly what I was going to ask. It is a painting in a frame. No, no, no. The The words. (laughs) (laughs) Assuming they didn't take the picture down. I knew where you were going. Draw it on there. Apparently everybody knew where you were going. (laughs) Uh, You probably have to be about eight and a half feet high to reach all the way, because it's just kind of an X semi-circle across the top. in proximity to this, could somebody climb up on or stand on? Nothing. None of the plinths are disturbed. People of our height could clearly pull the painting down in which to do this. Or is it awfully heavy? Yeah, it probably weighs 300 pounds. I take it we're going down this hallway fairly slowly? Yeah. I'm going to be checking out the art for other images that seem familiar to me, especially in regard to the temple that I'm familiar with. 
Rogan, what is your perception plus? Zero. Okay, that's what I thought. Which is change. why I have such difficulty yeah, with This it. is the perceptive side of the table, the imperceptive side of the table. Those of us were somewhat clueless. What skills lie elsewhere? Seth, you? Yes. you are captured halfway down the remainder of the hall. I tried to escape. By. Your attention is. A painting of similar size to the previous one. Okay. That is a painting of the Raven Queen. She is depicted with a raven's head, which is not she's always depicted, but in this case, it's not uncommon. It is a ridiculously gorgeous capture uh, of it, and you're just absolutely mesmerized for a few moments. Ashton, as you continue down the hall, you are caught by a painting of the night sky. It's a strange painting because it's not looking up. It's looking at the horizon, and you can just see a couple buildings that were painted in black in the dark blue of the sky. The stars, each one of them, is painted incredibly realistically, and the patterns and such are, at least if Tempest's tattoos are accurate, this painting is also incredibly accurate, as you notice many of the same patterns from her tattoos in this painting. And one of the stars in particular, a greenish one, seems... Well, it's not just painted. You're pretty sure it's actually glowing. Take a bit closer look. Look like a gem or something's been encrusted in there. It does. Look like something that has been backlit. Probably. Can I move the picture? I'll go ahead and make a theory check. 26. You press in on the gem and the painting swings to the side and reveals a passage. Hey, here's another route. The hallway does continue on about another 15 feet past where you're at. When he says that, I'm looking for remaining muddy footprints. The muddy footprints continue down the hall past this door. There's a really strange smell coming from the passage that just opened up. Kind of like rotting bodies, but there's also like a salamandery frog egg sort of smell. Yeah, we all smell it. After a few moments, it kind of wafts into the hall. Death and mold here. That'd be a good thing to take my attention. Yeah, you kind of. <laughs> Listen, guys, they came here for something, and they're awfully eager to get it. Yes, they are. We don't know what they're looking for. And is what they're looking for more important to us than what Kendall's is, just so we can be contrary? I think that if we find what they're looking for, Kantos will come to us. Perhaps they find it, then we find them, take it from them. What? How valuable is Kantos once they find it? I would think that his worth would severely decline. They don't the point need... I'm to make is we can bear off the route they took. We don't know where this goes. Maybe it's not at all. Do we hear anything down the passage? I'm not really thinking we're on the day behind these guys. Well, I... Feels like that foot's been there for more than a day. It's worth our while to make sure that nothing's going to come out from behind us. Take a look down this passage. You hear a... Well, there's something that's making more noise than this passage. And considering that this area has been awfully clean, it's somewhat surprising to hear a sound like that. We've not heard anything else. Something just like I agree. Is the light continues or going? No. In fact, 
fact it is pitch black three feet inside. Even as special vision folks? Yes. Unnatural, so that Yes. We still have the uh, the sunrod that I lit off, though, don't we? Because mm-hmm. that was today. I'll take up the back. I'll start in. Getting eyes peeled. All right, you take about three steps in and immediately trip. You make a save throw. Eleven. You, woof, you catch yourself. You've stepped on a body. Looking down, even with Tempest sunrod right behind you, you don't see a body. But you've tripped over enough bodies in your day that you just tripped over, you're guessing, an invisible body. There's something not right here. Can we see Ashki? Has he stepped out of our vision? He has stepped to the point where you can kind of see his armor from behind him. Take a couple of steps back. What size? Use one of my daggers to hook on it. Hopefully, I'll start dragging it back with me if I can gain some purchases. You drag <laughs> and back into the hallway. The glow starts to spread, and poof, suddenly you see a body. It is a human, short, hair just crazy wild in all directions, blood smeared across his forehead, his right fingertip is completely missing, and blood is just pouring out of it. Blood is, is pouring out of it? Yep, and he is dead. He's dead. But you're guessing he's been dead for maybe... Moments. Four or five days. His dress, does it... Is blood still pouring out? Uh-huh. Does it resemble the, the dress of the ghosts that we saw, or does it look like modern day? It looks more like the dress of the ghosts you saw, but it's he's basically dressed in rags, like brown rags, all kind of crazy colors, almost a motley. He's oh, several cuts. My heel check was really good. Okay. Really, really good. He was killed from the inside out, you're guessing, because when you start to look closely, you notice that the entire right side of his head just kind of slips off and reveals absolutely nothing inside. That can't be good. What does this to a man? I have no idea. That's the poor author. His blood stopped pouring out of his finger now. Apparently it was just kind of built up in that area. And the rest of his blood is thick and just corn syrupy viscous. A cane roll, please. Um, a 26. Does it look like something that my pact would give me? No, in fact, something's tickling at the back of your mind. Some Seems of, more like something maybe elemental. Like a fire type of no, situation? something else. Something from the elemental chaos that you see for a couple of daggers, chopsticks, style, start getting through his clothing. He has a knife in his pocket. Tattooed all over his right arm is just completely random squiggly lines. Totally random pattern. Doesn't it seem odd to you that such a chaotic fellow would be found in somewhat of an orderly temple? He can have to desecrate. Maybe he's brought here against his will. He certainly did not uh, prosper well here. Do you think there could be more of them in there? More interested in what killed him, actually, so it doesn't do the same to us. Well, it's got an elemental flavor to it, but... Well, it's something different just up here. Uh, make a... I haven't seen a lot of people die. You yeah, make a dungeoneering... It sort of looks familiar, but you're not completely... It looks like other situations you've seen with parasites. I'd say that. He was consumed from the inside, or was her, or were his insides drawn out? Mm. It looks more like something was inside him a, consumed. You say a parasite. Out. Perhaps. And an elemental. Yes. Slots. What? What's a slot? Oh, there are these elemental creatures that... Get inside you. They're... 
version of breeding is is that, yes. Well, right, well. Even with my vast experience with that, I must confess this is going to be... Well, nothing for it. It's a critter that killed him. Let's uh, keep our eyes up for the critter. They're not easy to kill. Are there any more bodies? That is a slot I didn't see that. I've never actually seen it in process. Um, How big is it? Are we talking about it's not a male, a leech? Are we talking about No, no, it depends on, on the type, as I understand it. This is all, of course, hearsay and from some of my studies, but there's a number of different ones, and I couldn't tell you how large they can get. It depends. Hmm. Take my hand to step in again and see if you can find another. Be as perceptive hearing wise as I can. Alright. I'm aware of the space around me. Go ahead and make a roll. As you're stepping in. Edging forward slow like. Three. You are suddenly distracted. Yeah, exactly. As Seth sneezes. You take a step in and you hear a some fly through the air. Yeah. I duck down now. I think, they're, right. I think they're shooting something. You duck down. I duck. All right, you all duck down. And uh, Oshkin, you hear a, kind of like the Sturge sound, but not as high-pitched. Sturges have a very high-pitched dragonfly-like. Even though they have leathery wings, they sound because they have six wings. This sounds more like a bat that is moving super fast. It's a fiendish dark. I'll uh, take a couple steps back from the my pouch. Pull out one of those citronella uh, packs. Yep. Just give that a good toss in there. Alright. So go ahead and put yourself on the map right there. So you carry the sunrod, and as you approach, you get the sense that there's a larger chamber beyond, and you're now definitely hearing the... So, Rogan, are you entering as well? Alright. And how about you? We'll get a template from you. Me. The... We're all dead. <laughs> watching to see over here actually to see if something's coming down from that side. I'm a little nervous about that as well. Is there anything else on the floor that we've come across? No. Nope. You do hear the strange sounds coming probably far into the right. You are definitely hearing the noise now and as you step into the room go ahead and make a stealth check if you're trying to be sneaky. Yeah. He makes no noise, Seth. I'll allow him to get far enough in front of me to where I can just barely see him. Alright. But I don't want to screw up his stealth. I will also be sneaky, but I will hang back and allow him to do what he does. I am 13 stealthy. Alright. And I have a torch. That makes me considerably less. So while these guys are being stealthy, Mm -hmm. I'm checking out the closure on this (laughs) door. Can it be closed behind us and can we evacuate through it quickly? It is simply a painting on a wooden board that is hinged against the wall. And the catch is a... There is a glowing gem set. He is one of the stars that when pressed released some catch. From this side, how does it open? You just grab the back of the catch. Okay. That's where we're at? Stick with the torch. Rogan has less ability, perhaps, to be quiet. That's why I'm holding you. And thus... Focuses more on rushing in and dealing with all the business. So you get one more square and you're going to be out of light. Listening for any kind and of motion. If he motion. starts to move away, I'll move another square to provide more light. All right, you bump into something, like a table or something, and it, and suddenly the noise stops. I'll turn to stealth underneath the table. I'm just going to drop to the ground. All right. Can we see any detail on what he's against? As the light sort of floods the room, I'm going to have everybody roll initiative. I am going to close this door behind us. 
was an interesting word in this. I'm used to playing middle school games. We don't roll. D20 and Andrew is there. I remember that. Yeah. Like, I know, those things are just... You surprise me every time. I know. <laughs> 16. Well, they roll so well, too. He's had just Which? a good old Six. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> Eighteen right. for me. Uh, okay. I'm gonna keep using my big so, ass dice, even though I can't do anything with it. My paid money. I'm also a sixteen, but I'm assuming your dex is higher than a twelve. Yes. I've been trying to keep an ear out for little legs on the ground, so it's just whatever might have been flying. You hear a fluttering of bat-like wings right behind you, Tess, and you feel a sharp sting to your neck as something plunges into your neck, and suddenly on your shoulder you see a tiny imp perched on your shoulder, his tail thrust deep into your neck. An imp. You take six points of damage. To the neck. To the neck. You are poisoned. Six E. Hmm. You cry out. Styles. I do cry out. Ow! Foul beast! I will step into the room and see what my light illuminates. You step into the room and the light does illuminate considerably more of the room now that you're farther in it. It is a strange chamber. On one end, you see a door cocked open. Right here where he is standing is a table. On the table is a bunch of astronomical instruments. Astrolabes, star charts, that sort of thing. Sextants. Exactly. Over here in the corner is a bunk bed and the big attraction right here is a dais. On the center of the dais is a crystal lump made of obsidian. Looks like a piece of ejecta from a volcano. Glassy and has all these sort of weird scoops out of it. All very weird looking. Jammed into the center of it, sword in the stone style, is a crystal key full of blood. Mm. Far out. Over to the right, on top of one of the bunk beds, the upper bunk bed, is a slimy, hideous looking frog type creature, about two feet high. It is chewing on the neck of Someone, some apparently was on the bunk bed <laughs> at one point. As the light comes into the room, the room starts to light up by degrees, brighter and brighter, until the entire room is illuminated. And in the corner, on top of the bunk bed, you see this: the skin is super shiny and slick, like almost like an oil slick, shiny. And it looks up with you with these swirling red eyes. The creature is clearly not from around here. It's not like a sturge or something from these parts. It is otherworldly, if you will. Is it wings? It is not. Okay. I will throw the sunrod at it. Beast! Hold it. 16. It whizzes right by it, and its head just kind of goes and moves to the side, and the sunrod goes past it. It shouldn't move like that. It was really no, it freaky and disgusting. Oshkin. Do a quick little roll underneath the table there. Alright. Uh, trying to remain stealthy. Sure, I can do with my new ability. If I still have a combat action left after that, I'll whatever. Actually, I've got a dagger in my hand. Give that a flick. Flick it. Flick along. Nice flicking. Ah, 10. He kills the corpse. AC 10? Mm-hmm. Okay. It doesn't even have to morph out of the way, it just completely misses. Dennis. I am going to take a dagger and try to stab at this little booger. Okay, it is up. Oh, the one that's on your shoulder. I'm yes. <laughs> More than one uh, That would be a 22. That will hit. It's easy to get things that are attached to you. For four points of damage. Yeah, it screeches. Ah. You will not stop the chaos. 
broken. Hearing the sounds behind me, I will grab the imp and remove it from her shoulder. Roll your grab. I roll and add my strength mod. Mm-hmm. That'll be a 22. All right, you have got a hold of it, and you haul it off her, and its stinger pops out of her neck, and a big gout of blood comes from her. And I'll just sort of pin it to the wall. All right, it is held to the wall and immobilized. Our frog creature. All right, he jumps down and onto the dais, down next to the key thing there, and his hand reaches out to smack Oshkin. So that will be AC 16, which will hit you exactly. You take a point of damage. A point? And yep. poison. And it immediately turns to vapor. You can still see it there in its basic form, but it almost looks ghostly, I guess. Oh, well, in that case, forced to deal the deck out here. The imp reaches its stinger up from where you've got it pinned, it ching, jams it into your arm, and it gets a 22. Will hit you. Oh so you will take eight points of damage, but your amazing fortitude shakes off the poison. Seth. Seth will use a lance of faith on the immaterial toad. 13 versus his reflex. That one is. He. Out of the way. Question. Well, am I under the impression that stabbing this thing is going to do any good or not? Seems unlikely. I'll just take a couple steps back and start getting all defensive on me. Tempest. So, where exactly is the imp now? The imp is pinned about five feet above the wall, against the wall, by Rogan's meaty paw. Over here? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, can I get a ranged attack off on it? Yes. I shall do that. I get a seven versus reflex. All right. You're just about to take the shot, and you see the fist coming back from Rogan. Actually, it's more the spinning of the axe to the pointy bits. All right. Whack! Into the head of the... Give it the whacking. Whack on. Reaping strike. 19? Double hits. Eight. Chop deep into it, and you're amazed at how hard this thing's skin is. Just a big, deep cut, but it's still squirming and screaming. Toad. The toad jumps over towards the door there, and it's standing in the square by the door, and it looks back at you. This kind of acidic spittle comes out of it. Still ghostly? Still ghostly. The spittle, however, is not, and it hits the floor. It's steaming. The imp was making a strength check, and he's got a 13 versus your fortitude, which will not be enough, so you still have him grab. And he's going to bite you. And you miss. Seth. I will attempt a second. That's a faith. 14. I will miss. Ah, with the whole bolt into it. He's become substantial. Get-em-bo-barrels-get-em-bo-barrels-get-em-bo-barrels-get-em-bo-barrels-get-em-bo-barrels-get-em-bo-barrels-get-em-bo-barrels-get-em-bo-barrels-get-em-bo-barrels-
he screams, and he's really trying to get out of the Rogan's meaty fist now. Rogan, you're up. Fifteen. You hit. Eleven points of damage. All right. He screams, and his head goes... Oh, lands good. down the hallway. Around his wrist, as you are dealing with the body, you see a golden bracelet inscribed with that same random squiggly line pattern. Horseman. Hmm. Okay, well, I drop the body. The frog creature dodges inside the door and his tongue. stares at the, yeah, it stares at the door for a minute because he's still in substantial the door goes stunk. Seth, I will run to the door and open it. The door's locked. I'm next. Pop over, take a quick look. Take the uh, bracelet off this thing. Okay. I assume there's a on the list. <clears throat> is there there's a locking mechanism on this side? There is. It is, a, it is just a simple sort of twist lock. Alright, examine it first and then go to work. Alright. Straight to thievery or? Yep, straight to thievery is fine. Uh, 18. Alright. No, you're gonna have to spend some time with it. It's pretty well locked. The tumblers are stiff. Uh, I'll keep working it. Okay. Spin it. What's your plus on thievery? Money. Okay. After two rounds of trying, it pops open. And beyond, you see another room of similar size. So we heard the whole battle in that clip that took place in the guardroom and the hall leading into it. In the write-up, there are two imps, which I think would have made this a lot more exciting than two characters pounding on one poor little imp, which is why I had to. In addition, you hear that the battle with the slot is really more of a kind of a spooky thing than it is a combat thing, and I think that is retained. So you can see how any plan that you come up with never survives contact with the PCs, and that's fine. It's always better to adapt your plan to make it more fun than to try to stick to the plan. Keep that in mind. Did not expect Wick to try to grab the imp and rip it off her and pin it to the wall, but that was pretty cool, so gotta let it happen. You can really work with a lot of the tactics here and take the best parts of what we wrote up versus what actually happened in play. You can see how the players will take things and change them up a bit. I think that the imp was one of the more interesting things. Having him have a little bit of dialogue was very good. It's always nice to have them taunt the PCs a bit, maybe even more, especially if there's two. And I think that it was great because it implicated the Chaos Cult in a lot of the damage that you saw throughout the temple. And it tied the imps to the Chaos Cult, which maybe wouldn't have been immediately obvious. I think that that's absolutely true. We also heard Jeff bring up the infamous fiendish dark mantles from what we refer to as the POS, also known as the World's Largest Dungeon. We had a very short period of time that we played that dungeon due to the plethora of fiendish dark mantles. In the future, you will hear more fiendish dark mantle comments, so get used to them. It's a running joke. Also, you heard that Jeff, who had been playing his old school game, which was Redbox D&D, he was playing with a different group. He totally had forgotten how to do initiative in 4E. I thought it was hilarious that that's the only thing he forgot how to do. Everything else he was fine with. You also heard Wick's monster dice crashing into the table again, and uh, <clears throat> once again rolling poorly. The golden dice of Wick. So in the last clip, half of the group was in the hallway leading into the guardroom fighting the imp. The other half was in the guardroom fighting the slod. Now they've sort of moved forward where now half the group is in the map room and the other half of the group is in the guardroom. I enter that room and I see that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to investigate. Okay. Go ahead and perception check the dias. That's an 18. All right. You are fairly certain that this is the activation for a pretty hardcore magical ritual. Do I have any thoughts as to what it might be? And why somebody with one of these keys would be keying it off? Check. Big frog, it's a big frog in here. 
it's a 22. Turns all mismatch when you hit it. Okay. You're guessing that this sealed the temple. All right. Oh, really? By putting this key in here and activating this, it sealed the temple completely. So nothing could get out, nothing could get in, and time pretty well stopped. Exactly. In the room beyond, you see a map frescoed onto the floor of the room. The room is quite brightly lit, and this time, instead of the just general ambient glow, there are four heavy crystal globes, semicircular dome globes that come to the ceiling. There is a map on the floor of what you presume to be the entire city of Belwakwa. It is incredibly beautifully done, frescoed. It's not sort of a miniature, like in Raiders of the Lost Ark, remember the city with the light and all that? It's not a miniature, it's just a fresco drawn on the floor, but it's drawn in relief, so it looks 3D, even though the painting itself isn't. It is not the map room. And you see in the center is this black mound, anthill sort of thing, in the very, very center of the room. It is the only thing that appears to have true relief. As you kind of get down like this, it looks as though it is actually is the 3D. Does the map go, is the frog in here, first of all? Yeah. Do we experience points for Is the uh, is the map drawn around the pile of black stuff as if it were part of the map? Or yes. Is it a map of, uh, part of the map? Oh, I'm not there. I'm 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 still hereish, or actually hereish. By the way, as you go by the table, because you want a minute. I'm going to check okay. that out too. Yeah, those appear to be incredibly finely made instruments of astronomical measurement and such. Small enough for transport? No, in fact they're heavy. Very heavy. Super heavy? And in fact, they don't appear to be useful. They're not functional, they're decorative? They're ritualistic, you're guessing. Um, Oh, even better. Like a sextant that's really cool but doesn't have any moving bits. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The star charts, Mm -hmm. are they current? No, everything's a little off. But you know how those things work. You're guessing they're about 500 years old. What's the ceiling over there, In your room, it is a beautiful depiction of the night sky. There are no exits from the room other than the one room that you can see. There are no slime trails or anything like that. I'll start a little mall here. How insubstantial does frog get? Very, apparently, very much so. Gassy, you know. So these star charts. You still see them. From this vantage point? And there was hardly any light. So from I, the face side? From here. Yeah. From here. Yeah. You're guessing they were drawn from this very look. See if there's any other okay. we can't see. Yeah, I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking up. Is there... Watch the mound. Okay. An opening? There is not. But you guys, That's you hear them explain something about, ooh, the ceiling gets all painted. What is behind this dais on the wall? Is there anything? No. Alright. I'm gonna go... Right? You see a beautiful fresco on the floor drawn in, in 3D relief. On the ceiling is a depiction of the night sky, and you're staring at it and you're watching it, and is it's it moving, moving mm-hmm. in real time. What's the relationship of the obsidian mound to what's up there? Is there any relationship? Mm, are you going to step out onto the map? or? Yeah. All right. So you, gotta, you step onto the map and it's just tiles. You look up, like, the 
obsidian mound appears aligned directly with the central star. Okay. Which, interestingly, is the same star that was depicted with the crystal in the map that was the door. Okay. I'm making note of that location in regards to changes in astronomy in the last 500 years for future reference. Okay. Move along the walls. Just looking for variations in the fresco, embellishments in the walls, anything that stands out. Alright. Go ahead and make, give me a couple of perception checks. Oh, I do want to you don't find anything with just water. That's the D. No, he doesn't say it. I knew what he was doing. 16. He has to say it. Sorry, 15. <laughs> no, you're not finding anything. Okay. In fact, the room seems very solid. Take a look at the mound. It is indeed made of tiny little obsidian crystals all piled on each other very carefully. And as you've been walking around, they're kind of shaking off and loose. Is this bad? I don't know if it's bad. It's something of note. You're thinking you probably could. Something in the center. What's under? What's under that pile of obsidian in this room? Yeah, a frog. I couldn't say. We'll find out. What I'm mostly interested in is where is its actual location in reference to where we are based on that where I know we are according to... Everybody make a perception check. I don't know anything about this frog thing. I perceive everything. I rolled a 20. Natural 20. You recognize the ancient arcanic symbol for you are here. Ah. On the map. (laughs) And (laughs) you are here. The central temple is there. I'm making note of that as well. Alright. I'm assuming that this is somewhat to scale. Appears to be completely to scale. It's very... So in that last clip, we got introduced to the map room, which is very cool and will be one of those things that will be very important later in the story. Also, you'll note that I indicated that those instruments that they found were more decorative in nature than functional. That said, there's nothing to say that you can't have all kinds of other treasure in here. If you want to uh, drop some of your treasure parcels here, feel free. I still want the tools. In the next clip, they investigate the map room further, and we open the clip with Jeff's character, Seth, taking a look at the small pile of little obsidian pebbles in the center of the room. So are you going to use an implement to brush it now? Yeah. All right. You start brushing it, and all these tiny little marble-sized chunks of obsidian, they all have these, you know, as obsidian does, just these big kind of scoops out of the sides, and they're all very strangely shaped. You spread it across, and, and in the center, you see a very odd-shaped lump of basalt. It doesn't look like anything. It's the kind of thing that an artist might carve if they didn't know what something looked like, but had kind of a gut feel of what it generally was shaped like. Does the shape familiar? It's vaguely humanoid, but not really. Fat, large. Kind of like the, the mother of the vendor. No. Eaters of the dead. Yeah. But not no the head and just big boobs and fat. And weird. Well, yeah, but you know, no, not even definable boobs or anything. Just <laughs> thing buried. Stones placed on top of it. Sounds like. Can we move it? Much no, more of a temple. Okay. Probably know more about these things than I do, but. If you don't mind, let me have a look at that. Please. Do you think it will hurt to take some of this? 
I'll just say this, is that this is related to Belacqua in that it was here when they built the city. Well, yeah, I get that this is what the city used to look like before it sank. This isn't one of their temples. Oh, wait, this is the temple that was here before. Yes. I still this think is... It like a depends on your point of view, I suppose. This temple would be... to something that's beyond our grasp. Just be careful with those. Key. Does it look like it's clearing of fluid? It, it looks like it was once coated with fluid in the inside, and it all, it all drained out into the crystal flow. Okay. Can it be removed? Are you going to try to remove it? I'm going to put my hand on it. Interesting. Hand is on it. Does it jiggle? I don't want to grab it by the top. I want to grab it close to the base, mm -hmm. and I want to see if it'll if it moves about. It is a little loose. Be nice to have a spare. But what does it do putting it in? What does it do for us to be taken out? Well I believe What is it accomplished by placing it? I believe that originally <clears throat> it halted time here. Really? Sealed this temple. Things couldn't come in, things couldn't leave. You now that it's here, it's not stopped anymore? Well we came in. We don't know what's left. But from the way it looks with the bodies that we found and the lack of debris, dust, the aging on the paintings, it, it appears that time has essentially stopped. Yeah, if time was restarted a week ago, it wouldn't be long enough to get dirt on the paintings, so... Exactly. So, I don't know if this is an effect any longer, if there's some lasting effects, if we can safely remove this key and utilize it later. Well, the fact that we all... But I do know that it's going to require a ritual in order to activate it again. And that's not something that I know. No, I don't either. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but... Temple of Art. As this was, which stood centuries ago. Secret passage into a room such as this for, I don't know, astrological research or whatnot. And attached to it is a map. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it just seems like a really weird place to tuck these kinds of rooms hidden away from this hallway of art. Well, it depends on their culture and their society. If this was, this could have been considered to be an office. And that was a temple. Or perhaps it was a secret. Perhaps it was not something that was socially acceptable. So my question is, 
Well, the secret door doesn't seem to be entirely secure. If you knew that all you had to do was press that, then it was quite easy, and it could have been no, a staff room. It's clearly not done for any sort of protection security. or security. It's clearly done just as a means to, to the casual onlooker, hide something. Exactly. Things like that are done today. Well, I'd like to see some more art. This does lead to questions about the society and why it fell. I'd say someone were following and slept in this bed about three days ago, or within the last few days, anyway. Yeah. Well, smaller like somebody, someone might. <laughs> that's a good point. We're, we're wasting time. That well, I... Cantos? Sorry. Cantos can't spare. So are you going to head out back in the hall? I think we should. So in this last clip, we had the big reveal of what it is that sealed the Temple of Art and made everything seem like it's a week old in here. And that will become important later on as they go through and find various people who are basically a week dead throughout the temple. The purpose of the map room in this adventure is to introduce it as something cool. It's a cool room. It also gives them a feel for the layout of the city, that there's the star temple in the center and everything else is built around it. Planting that seed is an important thing at this time. Also, as time goes on, they're going to have questions about where various things are in relation to each other. And if they sketch down what they see in the map room or if they decide to come back here, they can definitely figure out, oh, I see if the Temple of Magic's over here or whatever, so they can visit it in the future. In addition, they will have an opportunity to come back here in a future adventure that will make more use of things that they will learn later on that maybe will let them invoke some features of the map room that they can't invoke now that will make it more clear why this room was so important to the Bell Lockwoods. Well, that's it for this session of Actual Play. If you have any questions or comments, please get a hold of us on our forums, which is at spookyouthouse.com. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Return to Northmore, a podcast released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 2.5 license by Tim White and Kim Stone. Our theme music is Charge of the Valiant from Dronalyn's Tower, Legends of Kithilin, Volume 1, Tales of the Long Forgotten. Used by permission of its composer, David Allen Young. Find out more about their fantastic gaming music at dronalyn.com. Visit us and many other fine podcasts at spookyouthouse.com. Spooky Outhouse.